Hey everyone, how you going? We just had a technical glitch with our recording from Sunday, so we are just re-recording, um, just so that no one misses out. So, just going to go through it again with you. Um, so, we spoke on prayer, and in particular the topic is persevering prayer. It's... Um, it's what we need actually to be able to endure for the longevity of connection with the Lord, but also in our walk with the Lord. It's something that we, it's a bit like a muscle that we need to use so that we can um, keep on task. We can fulfill the call of God on our lives without getting washed out, without burning out and getting lost along the way. And so I just wanted to start by asking um, by what is prayer to you? And so prayer can look so different to everyone because just as unique as each of us are, um, prayer can be quite unique as well. But it is definitely an interaction between God and man as such. It's that connection with the Lord. It's the fellowship with the Lord. It's the communicating, the talking um, to the Lord. It can look like talking, singing, um, even dancing can be a prayer. Weeping in Scripture is a prayer. Um, and so it has this uh, connotation of a place of connection with the Lord. And so it's very important that we don't neglect that part of our spiritual life as such. Just for our day-to-day -day living, that we need to be um, feeding that. We need to be nurturing that, stirring it up, especially when we don't feel like it. There is a strategy of the enemy that would come and to try and distract you from your relationship with the Lord. And in that place, he can um, just so very small degrees of deception, which can grow. And so we need to be just regularly, daily um, coming back into this place of prayer. And not just once a day, but continuously through the day. There's no reason why we can't go th through our day um, just like just having conversation with the Lord and it can look as simple as like oh thank you for the bright sun sunny day today Lord you know just little things like that it all makes a difference and so when I was um preparing for this I um I was thinking about the society and the culture and the world we live in now how fast paced it is and how you can change the channel on a TV if you don't like what you're watching and you can choose if do you want to watch TV do you want to watch Netflix Stan um, Prime Apple TV YouTube like you have a plethora of choices these days and so if you don't like what's happening at one you can go on to another if you can't find something on that you can go find something somewhere else there is always an option and so what happens in those spaces is it's like our attention span gets shorter and shorter our inability to stick it out has gotten shorter and shorter and it's not just tv that's like that it's life in general it's like i go through a drive-through and i order my food and i can get it all it's all within my car and i'm driving off within five minutes hopefully um but it's everything is like now and so as our attention short, attention span is shortened as well, um, all of these things are opposite to the Lord. And so the way that heaven functions, it's connection over time. It's building history with the Lord. It's all trust. It's connection. It's, um, it's waiting. It's 
just being aware of the uncomfortable and staying in there anyway kind of stuff. And so... Um, sorry, I lost my place there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so when you've got a big job list to do as such, the easier it is to put the prayer stuff on the back burner or to say, I'll do it later. But the funny thing is, is that Jesus says, come here, come and be with me instead. And instead of getting through your, you know, 10 jobs you need to do that day, he says, Isaiah 40 verse 31, and he says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so here we just see this picture of you need to slow down and spend time with the Lord. You need to engage. You need to have your heart fully facing Him to be able to do the things you need to do. Not just for your day with your, you know, getting through your job list or tending to your family or to your workplace but to be able to fulfill the call of God on your life, it's, it comes in this place of waiting. It, you learn patience, perseverance, endurance. Um, you learn what it is to be obedient when it's uncomfortable. You just learn and you grow and mature. And it's interesting because you watch a toddler try and sit still and it's almost impossible and then you watch someone who's older and they couldn't quite happy sit there for a good couple of hours reading a good book or something like that as such. And so you can see with maturity, the ability to sit is easier. And I just want to, um, there's three different, uh, I guess, definitions that you can find in the Old Testament um, when it refers to waiting on the Lord, and I haven't given the original Hebrew instead, I've just given what they mean. And the first one is silently waiting with a quiet trust. The second one is adhere to, to long for. And the third one is eager expectation and oneness. And I love that last one because it also gives a picture of when you're waiting on the Lord, there's a binding together that happens between you and Him. There's a binding together of hearts. It's where your heart marries into His heart and you start to think like He thinks. You start to um, see things the way He sees things. You start to speak as He speaks and you start to... Um, just know his movements and his the way he th he feels about certain things. You know, you start to feel those things as you engage in that, and it's um, in that time of taking taking that time to be bound to him that we actually are in his presence. We're in his word. We're discovering him. We're knowing him, and we're knowing his ways, and that will set us on a pathway of maturity. And um, when I was reading this, I heard Holy Spirit say, if we want to fly, we must wait in the Lord. If we want to run, we must wait on the Lord. If we want to walk, we must wait on the Lord. And to persevere, we need to be able to wait on Him so that we can be bound to Him. Now, the interesting thing with waiting on the Lord is, is when you start, it can be so difficult. It can be just like... 
I can't sit still and keep, and keep attention on him, this is, for 30 seconds, let alone imagine myself doing it for hours. But um, I just remember a season, uh, it was many years ago that I was in, and the Lord would wake me up early in the morning, and like, at first it was so hard, but he would like be wait on me. And so I'd sit there and like just trying to get my heart and my mind just to come into that quiet place of waiting on him was discipline. It actually took me discipline. But over time, it got easier and easier and easier. And the interesting thing was this um, after, I don't know, it was probably a year or so, we moved house and it really disrupted that routine and that flow. And so I got out of the habit of it for a while And then I felt the Lord calling me back into it again. And I went to do it thinking that it was going to be just like pick up where I left off. But it wasn't. It was like I had to start again. (laughs) And so I had to do the sit still, you know, rule over my heart, rule over my mind and bring them into unity with Holy Spirit and so that I could hear him and I could listen to him. And again, it was like a muscle. I had to rebuild that muscle. It was worth it. And I think the fact that I had done it in a previous season just helped me so much to be able to go, I've done it before. It can it can happen again. It'll He'll make it happen. I just show up and I just prepare and p- persevere with it. Um, so, yeah, that was was. That was pretty tricky, that one. (laughs) Uh. And so today what I wanted to do was actually to bring some confidence and courage into praying for people that don't know Jesus. Because it is an area that um, when you desire to see change for someone, you desire for them to encounter Jesus, that it actually takes persevering prayer. There, there is the occasion where, you know, you can hear testimonies of where they just got prayed for for a week and then wham, something happened and they had a radical shift. But then there's others you hear that take years and both are beautiful and both are miraculous. But there's something in um, the persevering, the daily prayer for someone that actually builds a character um, attribute in us. It builds endurance and the tenacity to still go, but Jesus, I need you to come through for this person. Um, and so today we're going to just look at um, a strategy as such of um, things to pray, like some, I guess, principles to pray for uh, along the lines of when praying for someone that doesn't know the Lord, just so that you've got a takeaway and that something you can go, oh, okay, so I can just go through this order and so just just to give you a tool in your tool belt as such um, and I just really want to encourage you because in James 5 it says that the prayer of a righteous person avails much um, in my ESV it says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working and you need to know that you might not think, oh I'm not a righteous person you, like you might think I'm not a righteous person but you need to know that the blood of Jesus has made you righteous. It has put you in right standing with the Father. In Hebrews, it says you can now come boldly before the throne of grace. So you can come before the Father 
and ask on behalf of someone that doesn't know him yet. You can come before the Father and you can fight and stand for that person on their behalf. You have every right to and as ambassadors of heaven on the earth, there is, um, there's like a grace for it even. There is um, like, it's like a commissioning as such you've been given. And as we've been trekking with the great commission of go into the, um, go into the world, baptizing them. So I'm going to chop this up. <laughs> go into the, all the world, preaching the gospel, discipling the nations and baptizing them. And to do that, we, we need to learn how to persevere. We need to have endurance. It's not a, um, these aren't prayers that are just like a drive-through prayer. This is the, I sit with the Lord and I ask daily for them. And it, it's a cost. It's, it's not a, um, oh, I did it once and that was it. Because they have the powers of darkness working in their lives against them hindering them, blocking them from hearing the gospel, from seeing the glory of God in creation. There's a scripture that says, you know, no one has an excuse because you can look outside and you can see the manifold wisdom, the manifold glory of God in all of creation. Like it's not hidden from us. But yet the enemy has put a veil over the hearts and of the eyes of people's hearts so that they cannot see, that they cannot hear and they don't perceive and um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, Paul writes, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their cases, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory who is the image of God. So we can see there that it's the gospel in some way is veiled to them because of the God of the world, which is unfortunately satan um the lord has gone and gotten the keys of life and death for us but it is the it is satan who is the ruler as such of this world system and so that's why the lord has given us the great commission to go and make disciples because it's by making disciples that we take it back okay so what holds a person from being able to perceive and see and hear and comprehend the gospel of the kingdom there's actually um what actually stops them quite strongly is strongholds and so what is a stronghold it is a place from which to hold something strongly it's a fort a castle a prison it's usually you can think um historically uh like in castles where they have the big, the outer wall that goes around. It's usually very thick stone. They have almost like pathways up along the top. That's how thick they are. So that um, guards, watchmen can wa walk around the wall. So that's how strong that um, strongholds can be. And it's, they're supported by three things. And the first one is um, hoopsoma, which is actually from the same root word as most high, referring to God. And it's a prideful mindset that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. 
And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 5 to 6, the ESV version, it says, we destroy, every argu- Sorry, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And so here we can see, the, um, the arguments and the lofty opinions, it's like it's prideful mindset that it's, um, it actually takes humility to perceive and receive the gospel of the kingdom, to perceive and receive the Father's love. Um, when you're in pride, you can't actually, it doesn't penetrate or receive it because you've positioned yourself above it, like you're better than it and you don't need it. Um, just like Satan did when he... Um, fell before the Lord. And then you have the second um, stronghold is logismos. And it's a belief, a logic, a philosophy. And so um, you can see, um, say, a belief that... Let me think of an example. I say, okay, so it's it's not logical that... um, that people just can stand up the front here and then suddenly just fall down because to a natural person looking at that, you'd think something had happened to them. What a spiritual person, that person was perceiving was the anointing of God. The presence of God came upon them so strongly that their physical body could not actually stand up under it. And so... um, and so I think is it the same scripture that I read before, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, the New Living Bible, it says in the same thing but in a slightly different way. It says, These weapons can break down every proud argument against God and every wall that can be built to keep men from finding him. With these weapons I can capture rebels and bring them back to God and change them into men whose heart's desire is obedience to Christ. And so what we can see there, I love about this is because it's saying that I can actually go after those that don't know the Lord. I can go after those with a false belief. And when I say false, I mean it doesn't line up to the Word of God. Um, I can go after someone and I can actually impact and influence and I can bring them into truth. I can bring them in to a place of where they can perceive and receive the gospel. That's pretty powerful stuff, really. And then um, the third uh, word for stronghold is noema. And it's a thought, a scheme, and a plan from the enemy. And so when I, on Sunday morning, I shared this on Sunday, but what happened was it was very sneaky, really. So I was coming up the freeway towards here, and all of a sudden... I had this sharp pain and what it like reminded me of is like as if I'd been hit by an axe straight in the forehead. And it was a sharp pain and very distinct. And at the same time that happened, I had the thought, I've got a splitting headache. And, and I heard that, I perceived it like as if it was my own thought. And I just went straight away, I just went, I see you. 
And I just bind up every watcher's spirit right now in the name of Jesus. And I bind up every spirit of witchcraft that would come against me in the name of Jesus. And it stops straight away. And I think the thing we don't realize is very often we will get um, something happens. And in the same sort of instance or millisecond just after, we'll have a thought injected in. And a lot of, we, all, we generally think that's my thought. That's my response to what's happened. But you need to know that the enemy does not work alone. You will like maybe see um, so something like, like scary might happen and at the same time you feel fear. And yes, there, we do have a natural response to scary um, and it releases you know, the fight or flight, freeze or fawn mechanism in our body. But there's also a spirit of fear. And when it physically gets near you, you feel fear. And so quite often, these demonic things, they work in tandem. They work with, in partnership with other demonic spirits. And so even to the point where you hear a thought like it's your own, and it's not. And so when I recognize, so straight away, I feel that piercing pain. My discernment kicked in straight away. And I just like knew that this was not a normal headache, um, especially because of how sharp it was too. And, and so I addressed it and I, it stopped straight away. Um, since then, I heard from another couple of people um, in our community that that morning they, um, they had pretty nasty headaches too. So it was very interesting how um, the Lord was preparing us even as we came into um, to the corporate body as such and so we've been doing a series called uh, multiply and so Greg had made these cards for us where we could um, write down five names of people that don't know Jesus and be actively praying for them and so if you've got one of them I really encourage you to utilize it fill it out and pray daily for those people because your prayers matter. They make a difference. And so I want to give you their principles from Dutch Sheets. I will put the um, these particular slides in the comment section so you can save them and refer to them when you're praying. And so I'm just going to go through them and, and, yeah, so you can understand. Okay, so principles from Dutch Sheets. Um, book called Intercessory Prayer. Okay, so the first point is, is asking that God would lift the veil over them and that they would have revelation. So in this, you can, like one of the facets of the Holy Spirit is he is the spirit of revelation. So you can ask Holy Spirit to release that spirit of revelation over them, that their eyes would be opened to see the gospel, to see Christ in things, to, to be able to look at creation and see the glory of God and ask, wow, this is quite magnificent. Where did that come from? That didn't just happen. So, and then you can ask for Holy Spirit to hover over and protect them. And this is beautiful because um, in Genesis, it talks about the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the earth, hovering over the waters. And the other, another word for it is he was brooding over it. And so he was, 
in that, it's like it's preparing the ground. It's preparing the surface for what's going to come next. It's just waiting for the very word of God to be spoken and injected into the situation. Because when he broods over a place and the word is spoken, it creates life and it creates change and it creates destiny and direction. Okay, next principle is for godly people to be in their path each day. I love this because it's like I'm praying for them and I might see them. I might not see them every day, but it's like God is watching, that God is setting people up, setting up divine appointments for them who don't even know it and setting them up so that they can have seeds sown, so they can interact with the Spirit of God, even though they might not realize it at the time. And you'd be amazed at how many people, once they come to receive Jesus and the kingdom, is that they can look back and just see how God had his hand in their life for a very long time. And on that point, I really want to encourage you that um, I used to think that discipleship started when you gave your life to the Lord. It doesn't. It actually starts way before that. that. So even the person being in their life, even though they might not be walking with them daily as such, that all of those interactions affect the course of their life, affect their direction as such. Okay, so next principle is we can cast down anything that would exalt itself above the knowledge of God, specifically pride and rebellion. And so this includes the hoopsoma aspect of the stronghold as such. And so we can, um, we can take hold of pride and rebellion and we can just bind it as such in a way that their eyes would be open to see. So we can... The next principle is to take down all known strongholds, thought patterns, opinions on religion, materialism, fear, government, etc. Um, and so this is the logismos dimension of the stronghold. And so in that one, you if you you know the person quite well as such, just the um, things that you observed or felt. And I really encourage you in all of this. These literally are just principles that you use. All of it we want to do in partnership with Holy Spirit. So in there, there might be, you know, we might say religion, materialism, fear, but the Holy Spirit might go, oh, um, finances, the way they think about finances, because you might not know, but finances might be a God for them. It might be a driving force. So they're at work all the time in a place they hate, never see their family. They don't have time to come over for dinner. And so he might want to deal with the root of that thing and it might be something rooted in finances. Okay, so next point that we, so the next principle, that we can bind the enemy taking them captive, bind all wicked thoughts and lies that Satan would try to put in their mind. And that's the Noema aspect of the stronghold. And I just really want to point out in this um, is that how I described with the thought before is that quite often, well, actually all the time, the enemy is looking for ways to tear us down and it's very soul-destroying. It's very um, self-destructive. It, um, it's self-condemning 
Um, it's just it's all those kind of things. And so by grabbing hold of those demonic thoughts as such, it all of a sudden can get more peaceful. And when someone's at rest, they can perceive and they can hear the Lord even better. So I just really encourage you in that one. And then finally, that the armor of God would be placed on them. And so like just to model that to you, I'm just going to do a demo um, for you. And so just say I'm going to pray for my next door neighbor whose name is Jack. Okay, so um, so I, so this is how I would pray for Jack. So, Father, I ask that you would lift the veil over Jack, that he would be able to see you clearly and see you rightly. Holy Spirit, I pray you come with your spirit of revelation and that you would enlighten, um, you would open his eyes to see, that he would be able to perceive the goodness of God because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance Holy Spirit, I ask that you would hover over Jack and that you would protect him. Even as he goes about his day, Jesus, would you just cover and protect him? And Holy Spirit, hover over him, brood over him. Just start even preparing the soil of his heart, tenderizing his heart. And Jesus, I pray that you would put godly people in his path each day. Father, just whether it be when he goes to pay for his fuel or whether he's going to buy an ice cream. I just pray, Father God, there'll be interactions through his day with people that love you, people that know you, and people that can just radiate your kingdom from within themselves. And Father, we just ask that we just, in the name of Jesus, we just cast down anything that would exalt itself above the knowledge of God. We just cast down pride in the name of Jesus and we cast down rebellion, Father God. Lord, I just call his heart to come and to, to come forward and to face towards you, Jesus. And Lord, we just take down all known strongholds. Father God, just the way they think about you, the, the conflicting thoughts on religion, the belief on religion, Father God. Lord, where mixture has come in, Father. Lord, where they've got occult practices in their past that have opened doors as blocking them to hear the gospel of the kingdom, Father. We just bind that in Jesus' name. And Father, we just take the enemy captive around them that would bring thoughts and lies, um, just things that would pull down, Father God, that things that would try and destroy and bring self-destructive habits, Father God. Lord, we just ask and we just take them captive in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just ask for your mercy upon them, that you would put your armor upon them. Father, we thank you for the helmet of salvation. We thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. We thank you for the waistbelt of truth. We thank you for the shoes of the gospel of peace. We thank you for the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, Father God. And Lord, we just pray your love over them, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace over them, Father. And we just, we just pray that today that they would, they would come to know that you alone are Lord and that you alone deeply love them so much that you gave your one and only Son. 
Amen. And so that's just an idea, a concept of what that would look like, what it could look like. But also understand that these are just principles. So it's not hard and fast. Feel free to go off the off the lines as such. If you feel like the Lord gives you things, um, just grab hold of it, run with it. Even if like you might not know um, what thought patterns or opinions that they might have, because you might not know them that well yet. You pray, you can pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit knows. <laughs> so I just encourage you. Okay, now, so what also happened on Sunday was that in the week leading up to it, um, when I was driving up on the Friday to our prayer gathering, I felt like my head was pressing on a wall really, really hard. And it was like I was leaning in and it was like my feet had dug into the ground and had gotten a foothold and I was pushing and driving something back. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I could physically feel the pressure on my forehead. And then I heard the word plowshare and I'm like, oh, I know that word. And... And I'm like, what do you want to say about that Holy Spirit? And then I hear the phrase, plowshares into swords. And I'm like, I know that's a scripture. And so I want to, I'm going to read out the particular scripture in a minute. Um, but also I want to, I guess, put before that is that I feel um, like I heard Holy Spirit say on Sunday morning during our pre-gathering prayer time, that this house is marked for increase. That this house is marked for increase of favour, of provision, of stewardship. Um, just almost like in every different direction, it's marked for increase. And it's marked for increase by heaven. Not because of anything we've done but as such, but because the Lord has marked it for increase. And so... I'm going to read this out, this scripture, because it fits in with it. Um, in the increase, there is a growing up that we have to do. There's a, a coming forward that we need to do. There is a consecration and a yielding that we have to do with it. And so this is uh, Joel 3, chapter 9, verse 18. And it says... Proclaim this among the nations, consecrate for war, stir up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears, let the weak say, I am a warrior, hasten and come all you surrounding nations and gather yourself there, bring down your warriors, O Lord. Let the nations stir themselves up and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their evil is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth quake. 
But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God who dwells in Zion, my holy mountain. And Jerusalem shall be holy and strangers shall never again pass through it. And in that day, the mountain shall drip with sweet wine and the hills shall flow with milk. And all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water. And a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Shittim. And this is what I felt the Lord was saying about it. We'll get to the top. That it is a time to consecrate for war. It is a time that peace has passed. But now it is a season of war. And this prayer stuff we're being looking at, these, these, this is an act of war as such. When you are going out, and as we've been talking about in the Multiplier series, different ways to go out um, into your marketplace, into your homes, into your schools, into the shopping centers as such. And then you're discipling people. Doing all the steps according to the um, Great Commission as such, it is an act of war. And so there are many people that maybe in seasons past have been great warriors in prayer as such. Um, or just even going out. and But they've come into a season of rest and season of looks like peace, feels like peace. And, and the Lord is saying it's time to arise and it's time to awake. It's time to come awake. Excuse me. And it's time for the mighty men to be stirred up. It's time to let all the men of war draw near and let them come up. And it says that even the weak will say, I am a warrior. So when I think of the weak, I think of the untrained, those that yet haven't gotten muscle for the fight yet. They don't know how to wield the weapons yet. And it's a yet. And so I really want to encourage you that I felt like this was a call as such, a um, call to lay down our rights, a call to lay down our understanding, a call to lay down the idol of comfort, a call to um, to be all in. And I'm just reminded by that is that the other Thursday just gone, um, I was having having a really hard afternoon and it was really, really hard, like deeply hard. And I actually haven't had a hard one like that for years. Um, and I, it was like I could hardly move physically. I had no oomph of life in me as such. And I was just like, Jesus, this is so hard. This is so hard. And, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And he said to me, like literally just like this, he goes, so you're in or you're out? And I was like, oh, I'm in. It's, it's just hard. And he's like, well, it's time to start living like you're in. And I loved that in that moment of weakness, he didn't, um, he didn't take any of my retreat as such. He said, no, he, instead he challenged me and he said, 
live like you're in. And so that's what I want to leave you with is a challenge of are you in or are you out? Because the decision with the zero pressure is totally up to you. But the Lord is saying, are you in or are you out? And it is a, is a time to come and act, get active again. If you don't know what to do, it's time to discover how to engage with that. If you've been asleep and just thought, I've retired, I've laid that my sword down, it's time to pick it up again. And so I just really want to encourage you in that. And so I'm just going to close um, with prayer um, in that what I really encourage you to do is actually to take some time with the Lord and just let him know, are you in or are you out? Um, Because this is not what's on the line is the call of God on your life and the plans he has for you. But it's also what's on the line is how your call is designed to impact the nations. And that is huge. So when you're saying no to him, you're saying no to the call um, of for you, for your generations, for nations and their generations. And every person is significant and every person is important. And I can't carry what you carry and you can't carry what I carry. And that's the way the Lord has designed it in his um, manifold wisdom. So I'm just going to close in prayer with that um, thought um, and just like a prayer of consecration as such. If you're like, yes, I am in. So, Father God, we just thank you. And, Lord, just even where I am right now in this state, in this, where I'm at in my heart, in my walk with you, my just every part of me will take, take, where, take it right where I am, Father, and I, I give you my yes, and I say I'm in. I'm in, Holy Spirit. I'm in. I yield to your great hand. I yield to the call of God on my life. I yield to your plans and purposes. I yield to waiting on you, to discover you, to be bound to you. I yield to it, Jesus. I yield to it again, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're worthy of it all, Jesus. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of the cost. You're worthy of the cost, Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the grace that comes with the yes. We thank you for the grace that comes in the yielding. We thank you for the plans and purposes that you have for us come with a grace built into it. You said that there's a grace for the apostle, a grace for the prophet, a grace for the shepherd, a grace for the teacher, and a grace for the evangelist. Father God, you give grace with the gifts. 
You give grace for the calling. And so we thank you for the grace to yield, to wait on you. We thank you for the grace to step out in faith. We thank you for the grace to pray bold prayers, Jesus. And so Holy Spirit, just ask that you would come and consecrate our yes. Consecrate our yielding. Consecrate our gifts, our talents. Just consecrate us again, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. You're so worthy of it all. You're so worthy of it all. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. We just bless you and just pray that um, that just really encouraged and gave you some confidence, some uh, some equipping, some tools in your tool belt as such so that you can start leaning into um, specific strategic prayers for people you know and people that you have on your multiply card. And we just really look forward to hearing the testimonies of breakthrough for people because we just know that um, the prayers of a righteous man, it bears fruit. It has to because his word does not return void. And so we just bless you with that and let us know um, when, you start, when you experience fruit. Even let us know when you find it tricky to pray this stuff. Um, sometimes it can feel like you're hitting up against a wall, but don't listen to it. Just keep doing it. Keep um, engaging with Holy Spirit in it and, um, and let your prayers be bold. Um, he's given you full permission to have bold prayers. So we just bless you, love you, and we'll see you soon. Bye.